0: Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. This is a replay of our DPI News and Notes show that we do every Tuesday over on Facebook. To see my smiling face, find us on Facebook at DPI Podcast or on YouTube at the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. Now enjoy this episode after a short ad from our friends at Anchor Go, Disney friends. This it's Matt with the DPI Podcast. Today is Tuesday, October the 26th, and we are going to be talking some Disney tonight, which, if you're here on Tuesday night, that's all we ever do. It's kind of awesome. Um, so tonight we've got Peter from Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel coming on. He just got back from his trip um, last week, going over 50th anniversary stuff, going over Boobash, going over a lot of things with him. Got a lot of news tonight. a um, couple of quick housekeeping things as far as the podcast goes. If you weren't with us last week, we did do a live from the Boobash, from Magic Kingdom with Peter over at Boobash. Um, he is telling us about Genie Plus, about Enchantment, about Harmonious, a lot of different things in that in that live. So go check that out. Um, It is on the Facebook page here at DPI Podcast. And on any of the streaming services um, that you you get, just look up the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. The other thing we have coming is Animal Kingdom. We've kind of been neglecting Animal Kingdom. We should be neglecting Epcot. But we've been neglecting getting that Animal Kingdom... uh, uh, The park detail series out. So the first side of the park detail series comes out tomorrow morning. It's going to be on both the YouTube channel and on the podcast platform. So whether you're a video or an audio person, um, both of those versions are going to come out about six o'clock tomorrow morning, Eastern time. So definitely want to check those out again, park detail series one for animal kingdom. And we're going to go over Africa, Pandora, the left side of discovery Island and kind of the entrance area like we do with all of the other park detail series. Um, the other park details series videos and podcasts. So, yeah. So again, lots of, lots of news today. Um, Peter is getting his camera and lighting and microphone and everything set up. He looks like he's lost in like nineties dial up mode right now. So hopefully he can get that figured out. As soon as he gets that figured out, we'll get over to him and, and start talking some Disney with him. So let's just uh, see where this screen goes. It's getting a little bit better um so we got peter with princesses and the mouse disney travel now on with us peter how are you doing
1: oh if my uh if my wi-fi is cooperating today
0: yeah it's 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 getting better it's getting better honestly so um that actually looks a lot better um
1: i'm doing great well, no, I'm not, I'm not doing great. I was doing significantly better last Tuesday.
0: Yes, yes, I completely understand. I, I very much understand that you were doing significantly better last week. Um, so real quick, um, highlights of your trip. You did Boobash, Enchantment, Harmonious, Rat Ride. Um, what was what was the number one thing that stood out to you as as this trip? You did a lot of new things. This was kind of your first trip as a DVC member as well. So. A lot of of new experiences. Yeah, uh, as you just said,
1: so something my family and I always try to do is when we look at a trip, we try to find a bit of new, um, and I think this trip we found a lot of new. Uh, We stayed at Polynesian for the first time, so I had never stayed on the monorail loop. Um, You and I have talked, you know, quite a bit about you loving to stay at Contemporary, So it was, you know, we've stayed at Wilderness Lodge and we've stayed at Fort Wilderness. So we've been able to boat to Magic Kingdom, but being able to monorail to Magic Kingdom and monorail to Epcot um, was kind of a game changer. So being able to stay at Polynesian really let me see the draw of why people would be willing to pay that extra premium to get right there, um, our very first day down, we had a five thirty in the morning flight, so we got in crazy early. We kind of got to the resort, went straight for Magic Kingdom, and so naturally, by the time you know six, seven, eight o'clock rolled around, we were exhausted. Yeah, and staying for the Harmonious show at eight fifteen, just. As like 5 o'clock hit and 6 o'clock hit. It just seemed less and less feasible. So we bailed early and went back to Polynesian, and I'm really glad we did because Polynesian is perfectly across the bay from Magic Kingdom. So from the main pool there, you're just staring directly at the castle, and um, they pipe in the music to the beach and main pool area, so we were sitting in the pool watching the fireworks and hearing the soundtrack for the first time, which was honestly perfect. Because then when we actually sat and watched Enchantment a few days later, we could focus on the castle projection.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that makes it that makes it a big a big deal, because, you know, when you're watching it for the first time, it's, it's kind of overwhelming, If you go in there blind and, and Shannon's going to do that here in a few weeks, go into these shows blind and you're kind of overwhelmed with everything that they throw at you with the pyrotechnics and the actual show itself and and everything else that goes with it. Um, Yeah. Getting that, getting kind of a lay of the land and still being able to see the show is probably a pretty good way to, um, to start that, that whole experience
1: was. So, so staying at Polynesian was amazing. I had been wanting to stay there since I was about my son's age. So over 20 years now is the first time I saw the Luau and wanted to stay at Polynesian. Um, So that part of the vacation was amazing. We talked on Tuesday already that Tuesday morning, I was able to get a space 220 reservation for Tuesday at lunch. Um, So space 220 was a remarkable experience. As we kind of talked about on the show previously, a fine signature dining experience. The food was exquisite. The rep, um, just the rep the atmosphere because the restaurant wasn't packed. You know, we kind of speculated that they're still trying to figure out what capacity is, and so how many reservations should they have available? They might still be training more cast. They want to make sure the experience is worth the price tag. Um, so all of those things just turned into a really, really fantastic dining experience. Um, just the restaurant was like maybe half full, and the food was just remarkable. And obviously, the environment was out of this world.
0: Yeah. So yeah. nice, nice use of the pun there. Thank you. Um, now I, I know I you did genuinely
1: thought we were we went to space. <laughs>
0: I know you know, you did lunch there, um, and the menus are very similar. There's just a couple of uh, changes to the menu. Um, when you think of that as a fine dining experience, does it warrant the price for that dinner? You know, when you're looking at a 75 80 90 close to a $100 dinner, if you have a couple of drinks with it.
1: Uh, yeah. So, I, obviously, I paid the lunch price of $55. I got the appetizer and the entree um, $79. dollars will buy you dinner there, but you do then also get a dessert. Um, and like Matt said, the steak kind of upgrades cause my wife got a flat iron steak. I believe it upgrades to a filet, um, at dinner. And I, I got this, um, I got this tuna dish that was just, just remarkable. It really, really was, it was fantastic. And, um, I do. I, I had no, I had no qualms with the price. I chose not to get a drink, but my wife got a drink and my friend who was with us got a drink. So we had three adults, two kids, um, ate the whole meal and, uh, paid, you know, under $250. So, uh, I do think if you're afraid of the price tag, I think the safe bet is to go at lunch. Um, but also, I saw some of those desserts come out, and having to get one of those desserts wouldn't have been a bad thing either. <laughs> yeah, so
0: um, the two shows, which one was your favorite?
1: Oh boy, that's, that's a tricky one. Okay, so I did not... It, I was a big fan of Wishes, I was a big fan of Happily Ever After, and Enchantment was... Right up along the lines of, you know, yeah, is it different than Happily Ever After? Yes. Is the soundtrack different? Yes. I do think that the Happily Ever After soundtrack hits a little harder emotionally than the Enchantment soundtrack does. And so, um, but I also think the castle projection on Enchantment was better than the Happily Ever After just with, all of the moving parts and all of the different things to look at. Yeah. There's a scene where Wally and Eve are dancing up the tower and they swirl past one another. They get to the top and then there's two flare fireworks that launch perfectly as they go off the top of the. So like, I just, I just think of that moment because I watched it a few times, like that moment was just stunning That just, it was all synced up perfectly with the launch, with the perspective of viewing. Um, So there's kind of like pros and cons with Enchantment, but at the end of the day, I guess my point is, is Enchantment fundamentally better, worse, or otherwise than Happily Ever After and the shows that have been happening at Magic Kingdom for years? And I would say no. So Enchantment wasn't wow this is amazing he was just like okay yeah it's another fireworks show it's good i enjoyed it um it's great to have the fireworks show back and and all of that um boy harmonious was was a remarkable show like it, it really was those those barges are amazing and everybody's making a big deal about getting in the circle so that you can see the cascade of water and the projection there. Yeah. The projection in the middle circle is almost identical to the projection they put on the side of the barges. Or not projection, it's video. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the projection they put on the waterfall is almost identical to the video that you get on the sides of each of the, the four smaller barges. So there's really not a bad spot to view Harmonious from. Um, to the same degree, they incorporate the world showcase, but I did love how Illuminations like genuinely highlighted the world showcase as it went around.
0: Yeah, and built through that
1: show around yeah, the
0: world showcase. Yeah, right. It was like
1: boom, and this illuminates, and that illuminates. it Illuminations. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so I, I really enjoyed that. And with Harmonious, the only thing the the countries did was there were some spots where their lights were themed into the show and themed into the music to Uh where they were flashing on and off or going on and then going off. And so, so to, to me that was a bit of a detriment because I love world showcase so much. And so I don't feel like this show incorporates the world showcase, but the show itself is remarkable. Kind of what, and this might be a detriment on your list, Matt, but, um, You know, you you have mixed opinions about them pushing IP into the parks. And so Harmonious obviously is just full of Disney IP, whereas Illuminations, not really. They, like, brought in some songs, but it was its own thing. Yeah. Um, So Harmonious is obviously full of that Disney intellectual property. So the fountains the fireworks show was dialed up it was definitely an amped up fireworks show over what's been there before the the projection and the screens were remarkable the fountains working in unison with the lights was remarkable so i think harmonious is now a show that any kid would love to watch and so now this is a huge push of mine for our Disney clients going forward that if they're going to skip a park to do like if you're going for four days, so you're going to do Magic Kingdom twice. What other two do you do and which one do you skip? If we of my getting park hoppers, I'm skipping the Animal Kingdom all day. Yeah,
0: You almost have to skip Animal Kingdom now. And that, you know, that's my daughter's favorite park, which is, you know, my daughter's 10 years old. So this is this is kind of crazy to even think about that. But does does Harmonious mark the end of Epcot as we knew it?
1: Hmm. Well, I think the Epcot as we knew it ended a year and a half ago when they began heavy construction.
0: Correct, right. correct. But There's I'm like not- a
1: full reimagining of here's what the sort of the land water area is going to look like. And then here's what our space future area is going to look like um so yeah i think epcot as we knew it is long gone like i i cannot tell you how much i missed those suspension wire flags hanging out over the central courtyard and the big Mm -hmm. fountain looming i i cannot tell you how much it it kind of hinders my epcot enjoyment walking through the barricades out to the far left and rights because that middle area is ripped up um so Yes, but not in necessarily a bad way, you know. And
0: I I don't, I don't think I'm I'm saying it in a bad way. I I think Harmonious really marks the the turn from Epcot being very much an educational and a diverse cultural park, where it was focused on the culture through the people. Now I think it's making a shift towards using IP to help with that immersion in culture with the, the addition of Moana with the addition of the frozen ride with the addition of harmonious um, with the speculation that we've had for a long time of Coco going into the Mexico pavilion, cherry tree lane in the UK. I think you're starting to see more and more and more of, you know the the outside movie ip come into that park and i i really think it's just a fundamental shift of what they think is going to be popular for that park moving forward
1: so two i guess two points came to my mind as you were talking about that so thing number one a decade ago we didn't have a tremendous amount of multicultural celebration movies from disney correct right so if we if we talk a lot of those things that you said, Frozen, Moana, Coco, all of that has happened in the last decade, yeah. Maybe a little bit longer, right? Um, hell, even like having Tiana in the story of the Princess and the Frog is—I know Tiana, is, Princess and the Frog—is a little bit older movie, but it's still what two thousand years? Yeah, yeah. I not know. Yeah, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, maybe for when Princess and the Frog came out maybe maybe a year or two before that, but not by much. You know, I'm, I'm going to have to look now as I make my point. Uh, so so part of it is the Epcot from 15, 10, even 10, five years ago reflected the Disney of the time, you know. And so now the Epcot of today that's being redesigned and reimagined is showing the Disney of today. Um, There are a lot more of those celebrations and those stories that we can put in. Um, Like you I mean, already Coco's taken over Mexico. Um, Just because three Caballeros is still there. The entire front entryway is just a Coco shrine. Um, And it's fantastic because it's what your kids and what my kids know. And so for the next generation of Disney to come in, And for Disney to keep itself relevant and popular into the future, it needs our kids to see stuff that's familiar to them so that they want to bring their kids back in the future. Correct. Correct. Why does Splash Mountain need a redesign? Splash Mountain needs a redesign because our parents saw Song of the South. I never saw Song of the South.
0: Correct. I I never have. I haven't. Or I've seen pieces, but I haven't seen the full movie.
1: Exactly, right? And our kids have definitely not seen Song of the South and probably won't because it reflects inappropriate and bygone stereotypes and images. And so it's probably not something that they're going to see at all. So is Splash Mountain going to lose its relevance in 10, 15 years from now? Yes. So let's redesign it, Tiana. I mean, the only reason my kids know Br'er Rabbit at all is because they love Splash Mountain. Yeah. And I had to explain to them, oh, yeah, it's Br'er Rabbit, and you've Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear, and you got all these characters, and, and it's this whole story about Br'er Bear and Br'er Fox trying to chase him down, and Br'er Rabbit outsmarting him. And, you know, I, I just sort of, like, explained the cartoon portion of Song of the Self.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so, and, and I get what you're saying. I mean, you know, the parks are going to ever change. I just when 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 i think of epcot and the first time i was at epcot would have been 95 90 no 93 or 94 um so we're talking you know 28 years yeah you know. 11 years into its existence yeah um when when i was first there i was really struck by the the non-existence of ip in the park you know you had you had celebrities that were there Captain EO, that kind of stuff. but it wasn't anything that was like a character from a movie and, and I think when you when you put it the way you did yeah it was 10, 11, 12 years into existence it hadn't had time to evolve yet and now as we're as we're looking at the evolution of the park it makes a lot of sense that it's going the way that it's going. They, they started to bring in Mickey and Donald and that kind of stuff. And now they're starting to bring in the relevant movies for the future because, you know, in 20 years, our kids are going to be taking their kids and they need something that's relevant at that point.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very feasible that our grandkids are going to watch Ratatouille and Moana. Correct. You know, so being able to take them to Epcot and see the Journey of Water featuring Pua and Hei Hey and Maui and Milana, yes. And then walking back to France and seeing the creperie and getting the, the ice cream and, and all of that is still a very, very valuable thing. But then being able to rock, walk back there and ride the Remy ride is very important as well. You know, Like I said, with Guardians of the Galaxy coming in, Ratatouille being there now. The switch over the the frozen ride was already a lot to make clients pause and say, "Should I be going to Epcot?" The addition of these other things, it's a no-brainer now, and and then on top of that, on on top of the fact that Epcot is upping the rides, attractions, and experiences, you've still got the the culinary. And multicultural immersion. Because again, I, I asked my son as we were coming home, I said, What was your favorite thing about this trip? And he said, The amazing food from Food and Wine Festival. Because we went in there our second day and we got him, we got him a festival guide, and he sat there looking through it in some downtime. And by the time we actually went, to the park later in the week with the goal of getting food and wine festival accomplished, which by the way, we did in three small three hour chunks. And it was perfect because you try to do it all in one day. And it's just so much. So we did like, <laughs> we did this chunk of it and then that chunk of it. And then we did the world showcase portion, but that's beside the point. Um, I just think, when I talk to clients, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I hear Epcot's not all that great. And I go, I don't know who's still spreading this story to you. If you can get past a little bit of construction going on right now, Epcot is remarkable. Yeah. Because we've talked on this show before. What, maybe two months out of the year, there's not a festival going on. And I mean, speaking of that, let's let's
0: jump into a little bit of news. Um, farts. farts, yeah, farts <laughs> is back. Festival of the arts. Um Announced for the 14th of January. So that gives, you know, Epcot all of a week to turn. And that's basically what they do is they have a festival. They take about a week or two weeks to turn it over to the next festival. So, Festival of Arts is going to return on the fourteenth of January of next year, um, and one of the big things that they're touting is the Disney on Broadway concert series is coming back to the American Gardens Theater. Um, so, if you are a Broadway fan and a fan of the Disney shows on Broadway, you're going to get some of those celebrity um, performances of that music back there. the um, The schedule has not been released yet, but will will be released probably. Sometime next month, I would imagine. Um, Shannon chiming in over on uh, the chat that Epcot is her favorite park. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, Epcot's got a lot, a lot to offer, and I mean,
1: not just. I tell, I tell, like so obviously, I do the planning with the parents, right? We don't plan Disney vacations with the kids, and what I tell the parents is. There is enough to do now to entertain your kids and it will be your favorite park. And it's your vacation too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's stay at Epcot living with the land. Refurbishments are happening. They've been working on some of the big set pieces. So the farm scene, the desert scene, um, just, just making them prettier. I mean, they just kind of sit there for a long time. So just doing some refurbishments on the backdrops and that kind of stuff. Uh, No big deal. Ride's still running and it is going to have the holiday overlay this year as well um, with all the lights. And if you want to see what that looks like, our living with the land video is actually during that time um, from Christmas last year. Uh, Let's see anything else at Epcot. Um, I guess we can tie this into Epcot. The Holiday Food Guide was released today. Um and lots of lots of stuff on that food guide. Um I think our fa- family favorite from last year, the Holiday Whoopie Pie is back. It is a monstrosity of a whoopie pie that you can get at um the Trolley Car Cafe, um and one other place and it's it's awesome, but lots of lots of good food coming back for festival or for the holidays this year, and then multiple restaurants are offer, offering Thanksgiving and Christmas meals. Um, and one of the ones that stuck out to me was Satuli Canteen, is offering a Thanksgiving Power Bowl um, that's going to have turkey, um, cornbread stuffing, and cranberry boba balls. So yeah, pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, so yeah, lots, lots, lots of stuff coming back. And then going uh, back next month. <laughs> most of the holiday treats are going to be available from the 8th of November through the 1st of January. So basically how long Disney is going to celebrate the Christmas season. That's how long most of the treats are going to last. Um, jumping over to magic kingdom, Walt Disney world, um, announced that they will be extending the refurbishment of the Magic Kingdom Railroad. The That's Walt Disney World. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, now it, it's funny because I didn't even think about it, but it's been closed since 2018. So we're entering year four of this closure. Um, and, and a lot of it has to do with all the delays that have happened with Tron, with COVID and all that. Um But one person that I saw on Twitter had a a fantastic idea. Why don't they run it as a shuttle system, run it forward from Main Street Station all the way back to Fantasyland, and then run it backward from Fantasyland back to Main Street, USA? Who knows? It may be where the station is. They might have issues with that. And the trains may not be good at push-pull.
1: Yeah, they've got to be able yeah well the push pull aspect obviously just understanding train mechanics might absolutely be the case but there's also got to be some switchback places on that track where um they could still get like two trains on the line and have it slide past the other one as they as they go along that line that's not a bad idea um like you said, obviously it's mostly to do with Tron because they had to completely rip up that area of it. And the last thing they're going to do once Tron is ready to go is reroute the railroad and you know around it or.
0: But you think buying. about it; it's the 50th anniversary, and you don't have the train running,
1: right? Which is arguably Walt's greatest passion. <laughs> yeah. Walt was a huge train fanatic. For those of you that don't know. And, um, yeah, basically you could just imagine telling Walt, hey, due to refurbishments, we're not going to have this open during the 50th anniversary. Like that, I don't know if that would fly if he was still alive and in in control of things.
0: Um, So staying at Magic Kingdom, uh, two dates for the Christmas party have now sold out, um, November the 9th and November the 11th. And it's significant because it's the first two of the cheapest price. So it's the first two dates that have that $169 per person price tag. Opening night is $189. And then that Friday is also $189. Um, So it's uh, interesting to see that those two dates have sold out. And they're the only two dates that have sold out so far. Um, And that's getting to be a couple weeks away now. So when you think about it, you know, we will be there for the November the 9th. Uh, Mickey's very merriest after hours Christmas event or whatever the hell they're calling it. Um.
1: So on that topic, I was, I was a bit, I'll just put this very bluntly. Blue Blue bash was not worth the money. It it really was not. Um, They did not. They did not have characters in pirates. They did not change space mountain. Um, the only thing that was going on was they had uh, the ghost, whatever the heck her name is. That they had the ghost sitting out in front of haunted mansion with like the the fog and everything like that. There were a few special treats that you could buy. Um, you know, obviously you could trick or treat, and then on top of the trick or treating, you could get free popcorn, ice cream, and sodas and waters. From pretty much everywhere that there is a cart during the day, it was handing out free drinks, popcorn, and and Mickey bars at night. Uh, The parade, the cavalcades, were basically chunks of the parade for somebody who's previously gone to Not So Scary. Uh, So that was really nice. I did enjoy the fact that "boo to you" was on the Mickey Cavalcade, and so um, that is something going to several not so scary parties. That um, I love that song. It's just a, it's a very very fun and catchy song, yeah. and so that was great. Uh, the Maleficent dragon was very impressive, but but basically the Cavalcades were parts of the parade but then being somebody who's gone to a not so scary I'd say like half the parade was missing from the Cavalcades as well. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a letdown a little bit. I was just, and maybe it's honestly just the fact that there was no special thing in front of the castle outside of like a live DJ and the live DJ wasn't even playing like Halloween style songs like we were sitting at Sleepy Hollow and we were eating a Foolish Mortal funnel cake and like I was listening to Taylor Swift like at least turn on I put a spell on you and Monster Mash and like there there are just so many Halloween themed songs that you cannot tell me you can't make a three hour playlist out of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's disappointing. And I've heard it both ways on Boobash. How was the crowd once once the enchantment crowd kind of filtered out? How was how was the crowd?
1: Crowd was okay. It was. Um and our you know all the dates are sold out. I did find out that if somebody requests a refund, they don't re-release those. Only Magic Kingdom guest services can resell tickets. Um so I know you and I were talking about a a friend of yours that's down there who was able to get Boo Bash tickets yeah. like the day before. Um, and and my buddy came with us and was there on the Boo Bash day. And we went to Magic Kingdom Guest Services and they had tickets available. So I suppose pro tip for those of you this week, if you are there, you might be able to get Boo Bash tickets. Just go talk to Magic Kingdom Guest Services. Nobody else has access to the inventory except for them. Um, just like Space 220 tip. You know, go yeah, talk yeah. directly to Space 220 in the morning so the, the crowd, size was, crowd size was fine the wait times were all okay we didn't ride many things because I, I was being very very meticulous on experiencing the uniqueness of Boobash so I, like I said I was disappointed that I didn't get Rock Mountain <clears throat> I guess for not having a fireworks show or a unique presentation on the castle, for not having the DJ play Halloween themed music, um, for not having rides that were unique, you know, like the teacups. The teacups were just normal. They weren't, they, they weren't,
0: anything. Yeah. Like.
1: No, they didn't do anything, right? Like normally they do like laser lights and fog and they drop curtains, they drop blackout curtains and, Nothing. So none of the rides. I just think of not so scary and all the things to sort of like permeate the villains into the park. Yeah. And nothing. Now there were villains. There were there were like Gaston was out, and so we saw Gaston, and we saw Evil Queen, and we saw Maleficent, and we saw Jafar, and we saw Captain Hook. Uh, so there were lots of. There were lots of characters out. The villains were out, but there was nothing to be like. The villains have taken over the park right now, and you are existing in Magic Kingdom the way that they would want it to be. And in all the Not So Scarys, that was that was the feeling.
0: Yeah, there were there were villains everywhere in the park during the Not So Scary, and you had the parade, and you had the stage show, and you had its own fireworks show, and, and all that. You know, so you know to hear your your experience at boobash it's not surprising because i think this is something that we kind of speculated at the beginning that they weren't giving you a lot for the money and was it going to be worth it um it just felt like i paid for
1: after hours and so if i'm paying 170 to have some free snacks you know
0: yeah um so let's let's keep going on the news uh Over at Animal Kingdom, the Tam Tam drummers are coming back to Harambe next month. So November the 7th, they are the um, African drum group that will be basically right outside Dawah Bar. Um, And where the celebration of the Festival of the Lion King is and where the entrance to Tusker House is. They're in that little area there. Um, They're going to have multiple appearances throughout the day um and the schedules are up on my disney experience slash disney genie um if you want to find out things there are, um, talking about genie?
1: are we talking about genie at all no we're not going to talk about genie at all we're not <laughs>
0: <Really>? <laughs> oh, we, we may get the genie at the end um couple okay of what things, else you got a couple of things at disneyland um going on so the first thing that's no in California. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> dream key is now sold out um at disneyland okay. Um, so you cannot get that upper level uh, annual pass at Disneyland anymore. And they made some adjustments to pricing this week. And it caught a lot of people off guard. The main thing was parking pricing. Um, they raised the pricing rates in the the park lots from $25 to $30. And the pricing for overnight at Disneyland Hotel from $25 to $40 a night. Um, if you wanted to park your car at Disneyland Hotel. Um, also, they added a tier six ticket. Now, I've never done Disneyland ticketing. What are the differences in tiers?
1: So when I went, the, um, the difference in the tickets really just has to deal with um, your early entry. Because at Disney World, it's pretty much if you're staying at one of their resorts, depending on the resort you're staying at, you're eligible for like early entry and things like that. Um, with Disneyland, depending on the, the type of ticket that you buy, you are eligible for a certain number of early entries, which allow you to get, and you don't have to be staying on site. I stayed off site and I got a higher level ticket that involved MaxPass. And so then that came with early entry. Now, obviously all that's out the window with the advent of Genie and Genie+. Plus. Um, over there as well but outside of the whole ticket structure is completely redone over there yeah um but really that's just what i saw to it um it's essentially like when can i get in the park and and all of that stuff so um i i haven't seen the tier six so i would love if uh so what is different about this one because tier six sounds more cool than tier five (laughs)
0: yeah and then uh, on top of that all of the tiers except for tier one um saw a raise up to eight percent per ticket so just just a raise in prices and this is probably just an adjustment to um market right now and to recoup some funds lost during covid um the other thing broke kind of late today and disney doesn't put a ton of stuff up on tiktok but this was released on their tiktok channel and it pertains to the main street electrical parade um and they had the little snail kind of working in a warehouse out there um and i told shane i said i wasn't going to speculate or anything like that about the ramifications of this but basically what they announced is that the main street electrical parade is coming back to disneyland um. At some point. So, what do they do with Paint the Night? Put it on trucks. Bring it to Disney World.
1: Yeah, do that.
0: I'm just. I'm um, just I, that that was my speculation. I was like, why not? Just bring. Just bring both of their parades over. Magic happens. Paint the night. Call it a done day.
1: Yeah. There's nothing saying that they're. Okay, so first of all, yeah, you already have the Wheel of Color that happens in California Adventure. So you have sort of like its own thing. Um, There's also nothing that says that they're like mutually exclusive of one. or There's nothing that says that you can have one or not the other. I, I mean, theoretically, you could incorporate it into it. You could also run one and then run the other one an hour and a half later I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, it's very interesting if because they're obviously completely different things. They're huge fans of the electric light parade. So I'm sure a whole bunch of people are giddy with excitement about the prospect of it coming back. Uh, but, yeah, maybe they just – Knicks paint the night or maybe they – incorporate more lights into that to like fit it into one one big theme i i don't know well i guess time will tell on that one yeah um so yeah back to your you didn't tell me what the difference with tier six is um but yeah i have no clue i i I didn't know what the differences
0: was you just saw they
1: released it i see yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah the different the different tiers are the same as like having park hopper versus like early entry versus all that stuff so i'm guessing tier six is just like you probably get like early morning entry every day of your ticket, plus the ability to park hop. So, not sure. Maybe. I mean, there are even ticket options there that like include a character meal, where you get the the character meal at. Um, it's not artist point. That's it. Wilderness sludge. Um, Grand Californian has one, wow. and so does Disneyland Hotel. Um, they have a goofy one. But anyway, beside the point. Um, yeah, it'll it'll be very interesting to see. You could also, I mean, I don't know, maybe you run the you run Paint the Night over at California Adventure and Electric Light Parade over at Disneyland, and then you do the Wheel of Color because then that's already at California Adventure. So now you have Paint the Night as dusk is approaching, and then Wheel of Color an hour later just before the park closes. And so now you have paint the night in the wheel of color versus moving it to Florida, move it across the entryway and probably be more cost effective.
0: Okay. So the tiers right now are when when you can use the tickets.
1: Speaking of looking things up, princess and the frog released in 2009. So we were, right i said 0809 yeah all right um so
0: you wanted to bring it up so let's talk about genie um so i've seen the good the bad the ugly on 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 genie over the last week via social media um how was your experience with the genie system did you use genie plus any of the days you were there
1: it was not worth it. I refused to spend $60. <laughs> That's
0: the thing. 60 bucks. You know, I, I think.
1: For five days.
0: Yeah. For, when Shane okay. and I go down, 30 bucks, I think we're going to do it one day just to say we did it and just to see how it goes. But here yeah, is. Bucks.
1: I will encourage Genie Plus for one set of clients and one set of clients only. The client that calls me and says, it's our first time, and we'd like to go to Magic Kingdom one day, Animal Kingdom one day, Hollywood Studios one day, and Epcot one day. Those are the clients. Sorry, my dog is in here with me, and she's scratching the door. (laughs) It was getting annoying. Uh, So, if you are a first time at Disney, and you're You know you know those clients like, hey, we're going to go to Disney for four days, and then we're going to go to Hollywood, or we're going to go over to Universal for two days? Yeah. Then, I'm going to say, okay, let's talk about this add-on that you can do that's going to be incredibly worth your time, right? If you go to Disney regularly, and even not regularly, but even if you just, even if you're on like a five-day park hopper, there is almost no purpose of getting genie plus there there really isn't um outside of the fact that you get to book return times and go up the lightning lane versus standing in the ride queue and so if you're big on well i don't like waiting in lines though then yes genie plus is worth the money because now you can book a return time you can go sit down with your churro and put your feet back and relax and then go to your return time and book your next one and then repeat the process and ride 10 rides and have 10 Mickey bars. I support you. Uh, but I just, with fast pass being gone, the ride lines are so manageable. Even, even in the fact that I was there two weeks after the 50th anniversary started and The October fall break crowds came swarming back in all their fury. Um, You know, there was tons of reports about like August and September being like ghost town. It was not that way. There were people everywhere. And um, I still, like I looked around, I was like, yeah, there's people everywhere, but like 45 minutes for Flight of Passage and, oh, I got to wait 50 minutes for Seven Dwarves and,
0: those are manageable yeah. times.
1: Yeah. I got away like 30 minutes to ride Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. So the the advantage to Genie Plus would be I don't like standing in lines. Okay. Well then spend the money and go do that. I couldn't justify $60 considering that my family, you know, the way we're approaching parks these days is like, was like we slept in almost every day. We avoided the massive crowds in the morning by just, Kind of walking in an hour after the park opened. We cherry picked the things that we wanted to do. And then we went back to the pool and relaxed in the hottest part of the day and then came back as the temperature cooled down at night. Um, so, like, it just 60 bucks just, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. But yeah, if it's your first time at Disney and you're like, we're going to Magic Kingdom one day, I'm like, you need Genie Plus. Because then you can book a return time and get in another manageable line, so you can ride that, ride that right after, book another return time, get in another manageable line. Genie Plus does make Magic Kingdom doable in one day. It's going to be a long day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've got a couple of those coming up. I, 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 I I know that when we go down there, I'm taking the new camera equipment down, so... We've got, we've got a couple of long days planned with equipment. A so.
1: lightning lane. Let's talk about the lightning lane real quick.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, they could charge more for Rise of the Resistance. Rise of the Resistance is the top right now with 15 bucks, And that thing was sold out before the park opened. People with regular tickets didn't even get a shot at it. And the ride line was still massive. Like you're talking 150-minute-plus wait times. So you could, you could open more windows, and you could charge more for those windows if you were Disney. And then on the flip side, exactly like you and I speculated, Frozen, why am I going to spend money on that? And why am I going to spend money on Space Mountain? Like, nobody was using... Like, you could get Space Mountain late in the day for, like, 30 minutes from the current time. Yeah. Um, So, but you and I already know, right? Space Mountain, as soon as Tron opens up the gate, flipped out, and as soon as Guardians of the Galaxy opens up, its queue system flipped out. Yeah. Um, You know, it's going to be... It's going to be Rattitude. I can't believe that Mickey and Minnie is the other one. I think that's a bad call as well.
0: What would you do at at studios? Would you do it with Slinky or would you do it with...
1: I'd do Slinky. Smuggler doesn't draw as big of a line. Plus, Smuggler just turns people Or you think?
0: Rock and Roller Coaster.
1: Yeah, I could see. I like the fact that... So, Rock and Roller Coaster is a pretty old ride. My daughter got to ride that for the first time. There you go. You asked for my memorable takeaways. My daughter was right at 48 inches so we took her we went up to rock and roller coaster and her head hit the sign (laughs) it was like she wasn't even close she like crushed she was like almost 49 inches so we get on rock and roller coaster and i hear a little girl screaming and so i'm thinking it's addy until i realize that it's coming from behind me and so then i start tuning in to listen for addy's voice and all i hear over and over again on rock and roller coaster in the dark, upside down, first for both of those things. Because, well, I mean, she's ridden Space Mountain. But yeah, yeah. even there, like, I hold her shoulders most of the time. So she's in the dark, propulsion launch, flipping upside down three times. All I hear coming from her is, this is awesome! This is awesome! <laughs> so, but anyway. Um, yeah, with Rock and Roller Coaster being such an, such an old ride, it's kind of like space mountain. Like why isn't space mountain drawing people buying? I've been, how many people have been riding space mountain for 30 years? Yeah. <laughs> oh, now you want me to pay eight bucks. Like forget you.
0: <laughs> I'm going to pay eight no. bucks for my 15th and 16th ride on space mountain.
1: Yeah. I, I just, I think putting it on Slinky dog dash would make sense, especially looking at the lines that that place was drawing. Um, it would make a whole lot of sense to charge Mickey mini prices like eight bucks for uh, for slinky dog dash. I think a lot of people would jump on that. So, so
0: yeah. Um, anything else that you're seeing around the parks or anything else you want to talk about?
1: I, I just want to go back.
0: Yeah. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting that itch. Now we've, we, we have bags starting to be packed and, yep. and that kind of stuff. So we're, we're, yeah, we're on the other side of it weeks. right now.
1: Yeah. You guys are two weeks away. Yeah, I realized I haven't seen the parks at Christmas with all that holiday decor in several years. So,
0: well, don't you dare do what you've talked about doing.
1: What have I dared talked about doing? Oh yeah, that that (laughs) I might, Um, I might do that. And then I, I also the only festival we have never been to is Festival of the Arts. So there's also been talk in my family about. Late January, just take in a long weekend, take a Friday-Monday off of school or Thursday-Friday off of school and, and uh, you know, fly out late Wednesday night, fly back, you know, mid-evening on Sunday and just hit the parks Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, something like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah we, we've never seen Epcot for Festival of the Arts. So, you will yeah. see. But, yes, Matt, I – it's it's getting more and more likely, actually. Unfortunately, <laughs> just a it's a it's a really big pill to swallow.
0: No, I completely understand. By pill, I mean dollar
1: sign. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> so, um, so that's all we've got tonight, um, Peter. Thanks for coming on, bud. Um, Peter, wish next week I have a game. basketball
1: game. Just so you know,
0: what's that? I have a basketball game next week, just so you all know. All right. So no Peter next week. Well, okay, yeah, that's fine. No Peter next week's fine. The week after that, you've got to figure out how to bring me on.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll run the show and bring you on.
0: There you go. So um, I can quit go
1: live on Facebook. I just don't have all the fancy stuff.
0: <laughs> you, have, you have enough fancy stuff?
1: A fair amount. I just need to set it up. Like, you should see my hodgepodge of a setup. My mic's just kind of thrown back behind my computer my light is like at a 45 degree angle shooting at the ceiling and i'm just going off of one light
0: yeah you you run into the room at like 705 and you're like oh god i gotta get on the podcast where's all my stuff
1: <laughs> today i was in here at seven o'clock trying to do it and my stupid computer was like hey buddy you haven't used me in a week and a half let's install updates i was like no <laughs> rolling on at 7 15
0: well, we got it done. Uh, again, thanks for coming on. Uh, let me close out the episode and uh, I'll talk to you here uh, after for a second. <laughs> so yeah, we had uh, Peter with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel on tonight. Uh, if you need a a trip? Go through our website at. P- If you want to get in touch with us on social media at DPI podcast on Facebook at Disney insights on Twitter, uh, the YouTube channel is the Disney planning insights podcast and definitely go check out our website, uh, princessesandthemouse.wixsite.com. for hanging out with us have a good week and we will see you next Tuesday bye now